Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Social media can be a really positive tool. I felt like I lacked male role models growing up. No, no one was showing me that men could be these things. Kind, compassionate, loving. So one of my drivers is to try and enter that space as a man who can still be masculine, to still look masculine, to still have a lot of masculine energy. Well, we've all been pushed around. Hello and welcome to It's Complicated the podcast to help you untangle your relationship with your phone. I'm Tanya Goodin, and each week I'll be talking to my guests about how they manage the relationship with the tiny tyrant in their pocket. We'll be talking about how our phone habits affect our work, our lives and our loves, and about what our relationship with our phone might just tell us about our relationship with ourselves. If you want help and you want hope, you've come to the right place. This is It's Complicated. My guest this week is the naked professor, Ben Bidwell. Ben is a mindset and purpose coach, writer and public speaker who launched his blog, The Naked Professor, where he articulates the importance of mental health and personal development by stripping away the masks of masculinity and embracing his authentic persona in a vulnerable and captivating way. Ben's heartfelt message has seen him write for The Independent and Men's Health magazine and appear on Sky News this morning, Talk Radio and Heart. In doing so, he's leading the revolution, encouraging men to open up and connect more with their emotions while still retaining their sense of masculinity. So, I'm going to kick off with the most important question, which is, when did you start taking your clothes off in public? <laughs> Absolutely, it's a very good question. It's a very fair one. Probably about three years ago. And I, I had the, the vision that I wanted to create this this blog, and I wanted, and I knew I, my writing, I'd already started writing, was going to be very vulnerable and open and focused on kind of creating your own path and not following, not doing the normal thing and all that. And then I, I had the idea to, to take my clothes off to, to embody the message. And can you and, remember the first time you did it and where you were? Uh, the very first time. I actually really can't the very first time, which is funny, isn't it? Oh, actually, I can. I can. I went into Richmond Park with a friend to get some sort of test shots. It was hysterical. <laughs> it was a really very funny afternoon. And we got a few. And then I and then I thought, I need really have to work with a very professional photographer to get this done because if it's not yeah. professional, then it, 
loses his impact. So I found a professional photographer who I knew and then we started going to really iconic places. And I remember the first time I got one by Big Ben and it kind of we captured this very still moment and it was like, oh, that's quite special actually. Mm. There's something in that. And then um, we had a period of, sort of six months where we went out and got lots. And, yeah, um, I mean, the shots are amazing on your oh, blog or on your Insta feed. They look you. gorgeous. I always wonder when I look at them, though, I mean, do you do them when there's no one around or mm. do you ever get any problems with people saying, what are you doing? It's always, I mean, quite often it's sort of five o'clock in the morning. Right. In, this, in the summer that we've actually started at half four when the sun comes up. And there is a little quiet patch probably between the sort of four and six in the morning especially on Sunday morning yeah when London what London sleeps you get a few people coming out of the clubs we've had a few experiences of you know waiting for, for people to kind of move on a little bit we've had one experience in a park when I didn't realize but there was a deer cull going on oh. and um yeah horrible and uh we had access directly to the park through through my photographer's um, house so we went straight out the back door without needing to go through the main gates, which were yeah. obviously locked. And then the, um, the the Land Rover came around with the guy and sort of he pe- I peered in his visor, apparently. Not naked, I'm pleased to say, because that would have been an interesting way to go. Um, <laughs> Shot. <laughs> takes me explaining Shot during a deer car. <laughs> yeah, yes. So, um, yeah, but but we explained that one. He, he actually called the police because he said, you're trespassing. And um, I was just glad I had my clothes on. I was like, you don't know the half of it. You know, this could be so much worse. <laughs> but we explained that we lived in the house and that's fine. But other than that, we've had no, no, no difficulties, really. It's all been very plain sailing. And I was reading a bit about your story and you worked in the tech industry, didn't you? Yeah. And it, which is interesting because obviously my blog is all about our relationship with tech. And I'm coming across a lot of people who have either left the tech industry or through burnout or you know mental health issues or who have you know kind of done a real u-turn on how they're working I wonder what if you can just take us through a little bit about kind of where you were and how you ended up taking your clothes off in Richmond Park (coughs) there is is actually a a direct link I'd say I mean I really I really struggled in working in in, in my tech company I founded it Mm. because I'm non-technical I had a tech partner and I just found myself increasingly reliant. It felt like my life, the vision that I had for my life and building this company was in the hands of someone else. And no matter how hard I tried or how hard I was working, I couldn't impact that tech. I yeah. couldn't build it myself. So I felt like my life was in someone else's hands. And it was going through that, those emotions and feeling quite anxious about where my life was going that I decided I needed something about me that I could control. So that's when I started my blog. I started writing about what my passions were, which were mental health and the growth that I'd been through. And, um, but you weren't the naked professor then? I was just, I was yeah. a no one. I yeah. just was writing and then decided to make it public and just who knows what will happen. Yeah. And the moment I launched my blog every day since, my blog's got more and more interesting and the tech company got less and less. And mm. within about a year of launching my blog, the, the tech company was, was folded and everything was going on my blog. So yeah, it was just driven fundamentally by a passion to be able to steer my life in the, in the direction that I wanted to without needing other people's input. Because that, I found that challenging. I really particularly wanted to talk to you about what you do in men's mental health because I'm aware when I'm doing any interviews or kind of looking at what's going on online in our relationship with tech that there seems to be, quite rightly, a lot of focus on women and the issues they have around social media. But I I kind of feel that the, the story, the struggles that men have and how social media might impact mental health is a bit of an untold story and slightly neglected. I just wanted to tell you one thing, which was I was doing a talk at a boys' school recently, so I do lots of talks in schools, and 
beforehand, I thought I would just have a look, lo- log into Instagram, which was the app they'd all said they were using the most apart from YouTube, with the profile of a, you know, 14-year-old boy, just, you know, that kind of age of birth, uh, date of birth, just to see what kind of stuff, you know, would come up. And almost immediately I got an ad for an app called Manly. I don't know if you've come across Manly. I've seen the adverts, yeah. It was all about airbrushing your shots yeah. with abs and, you know, kind of improving your muscles. Mm. And I'd seen this before I went into the talk. And then I had so many of these 13 and 14 year old boys talking to me about, you know, when I look online, I see all these six packs. I see these, you know, guys with amazing bodies. How can I be like that? So mm. tell me, you know, your experience of kind of dealing with people around particularly social media and how that affects men. I think no doubt it, it does impact men, but men probably is more bravado. We, we won't say that we're jealous of someone else, but secretly underneath we're probably looking going, God, I wish I had that guy's body or he's in great shape. Why can't I be like that? So I think there probably is a lot going on. I mean, from my perspective, before social media was going on, when I grew up in the 80s, I was born in 81, you know, what I was looking around at was, was Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone. You know, they were showing me the epitome of masculinity. And yeah. they were showing me that I needed to be big, strong, tough, brave, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And no one told me or no one showed me on social media, but that was just what I was picking up from society. So the challenge for me in terms of, of male mental health is that I felt I had to put a mask on and I had to man up. Mm. Um, it's the toxic masculinity, isn't it? A little yeah. bit. And it's harsh to call Sylvester Stallone or, or Arnie toxic. They, they are very actually emotional men as well. You get the sense. But yeah, it, it was that toxic sense that to be a man I had to be tough strong brave da, 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 get the girls and or, you know that was masculinity at, at a successful level and that was what I was aspiring to be and um, that meant I had to put a mask on and I had to shut down my emotions shut down my kindness and compassion and empathy that I naturally felt my mum's a nurse and she, I really saw that in her and loved that in her and, but that wasn't that wasn't lad points you know that wasn't that wasn't setting me up to be a, a, a successful male so I had to put on that mask and that hurt in a different way. And I think it also hurt in a way of being inauthentic. You know, any time we're not being ourselves and we're trying to be someone else, it's, it's, it's draining and it hurts. There still are very few men like you online, or I was going to say offline as well, who are kind of saying we need to talk about male mental health. I mean, do you bearing think... All. Yeah, bearing yeah. all. <laughs> do you think that will change? Are you seeing a bit more of a... You know, being, you've been doing it for a few years. Are you seeing a bit more of a kind of movement? I am, but I'm in a bubble. And I and you attract what you attract, don't you? And, yeah. and I'm meeting a load of amazing men. And it's incredible. And I feel very lucky from that. Now, it's very hard to see from an outsider's perspective. If I wasn't doing what I'm doing, would I be seeing a, a, a change? I felt like I lacked male role models growing up no no one was showing me that men could be these things so one of my drivers is to try and enter that space as a man Mm. who can still be masculine to still look masculine to still have a lot of masculine energy and represent that but also show that alongside it you can be kind compassionate loving you know tell your mum you love her be in a deeply loving relationship where you are incredibly connected to your wife and and she's a huge part of your world and your kids and all that kind of stuff but still go and play football with the boys or play you know whatever sport it is and hit the gym and 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 use some of that energy there can be a balance I think what I was shown at a young age is that it was all or nothing and and you were either a proper man and and there wasn't space for that stuff so to have both sides to have both yeah Yeah. Yeah. and I think that's where we've gone wrong We've, we've we've put all our eggs in one basket and I'd like to now, my aim is to try and represent a new breed of, of man who can be both. 
because I don't want to repel the alpha men and for them to go, yeah, but he's just not like me. Mm. I want to be like, hey, I get it. But, and, and I get where you're coming from and it's, there's some natural masculine energy there, but it's okay. You can still be kind and compassionate and loving. We can still be connected at a deep level to people. That's what I hope we can get to. So how do you feel about the fact that a lot of people think that social media is causing a lot of the problems? That actually, if we didn't have social media, maybe we wouldn't have these. I mean, I know you talked about, you know, world before that, where you had the male role models that were still, you know, you were still kind of emulate, wanting to emulate them. But do you think having access, like w- women have talked about, to just 24-7 images of, you know, amazing fit guys in very you know successful masculine environments do you think that's just not helping i think yeah you're right it's escalating but i think there would still be a challenge without it but it, yeah it just escalates it and we're constantly playing playing a, a comparison game aren't we we're constantly looking the way i see it is that we're so many of us particularly in, in this country in london we've got so many opportunities let's say we're in the 99.99 percent most fortunate people in the world with mm. the opportunity we've got but we, we love focusing on the 99.999. You know, they've got that little bit more and, and I want to be like them. And we, you know, I think very much if we're going to play the comparison game, can we, can we start to learn how lucky we are and, and look down and how much more we've got than everyone else? But social media puts this uh, dream perspective or uh, gives us this dream life to, to in front of us and we all want more, more, more. For me, that fundamentally, it's, it's about getting people to live more in their heart, teaching men that live in their heart because our heart doesn't compare. Mm. Our heart isn't, 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 isn't in competition with everyone else. Our heart just wants to be connected and to, to live our own, um, run our own race and, and be unique and, and authentic. So I think it's our, it's our ego when we're caught up in our ego that's constantly comparing and everything else. So for me, yeah, it's education and showing men that emotions can be really powerful and to connect deeply with people and uh, live more in that space and less, I wish I could be like him. So there's a lot of trolling and stalking and, you know, problems that anyone who's got any kind of profile online suffers from. Have you had that? Have you had people kind of attack you as a result of the message that you're trying to Not really. I'm very lucky. I mean, I've had a few little comments, but nothing really. No, I haven't. And I'm lucky. And and I'm sure maybe it'll come. Who knows? I don't know. But I'm... Maybe I'm going to invite it now, but I really don't see it as, as a problem. I think that the people who do share those, the, the, the problem comes with them. Yeah. You know, they, they're the ones crying out for help. Um, I like the analogy that if you're holding a cup of tea, a full cup of tea, and you poke the cup of tea, then tea comes out. Uh, whereas if you hold a cup of water and you poke the water, it's water comes out. So when they're showing so much anger, it's mm. the anger that's inside of them. It's their issue. You know, I think I, I'm very comfortable that what I'm doing comes from a good place. And, and my message is... An authentic one that that means well and if people see it otherwise then that's not representation of me it's it's where they're at so so where do men go for help either online or offline how do you know if anyone's listening to this podcast thinking actually i am really struggling with you know anxiety or you know any kind of mental health issue there are some fantastic charities out there calm mind i work with matt johnson and he 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 went through a very troubled time and and mind really helped him i think charities like that can do a brilliant job in in helping you through the tough time but then i think it is up to you to 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 continue the good work 
the first part for any man, I think, is to be vulnerable enough to understand that they can grow, they can change, and they're not stuck in this place. Mm. But it does that requires a bit of vulnerability. I'm Do not you think perfect. that's the hardest step for men? The first, you know, the first bit of saying, actually, I've got a yeah, problem. it's definitely a big challenge. Yeah, because you're you're immediately risking other men judging you and joking with you and you know taking the piss out of you and you know that's tough because it's a sensitive area you know you try it's like saying you're not a real man that kind of space so it is yeah it's definitely a challenge and that's a big part of, of my message is to, to vulnerability none of us are perfect so mm. don't worry if there's something up because whoever's judging you for not being perfect they've got something that's not perfect either when you took your clothes off was it because mm. that was the most vulnerable thing you could think of doing was it because you had body image issues and therefore I mean you know why that because there are lots of different ways of showing vulnerability aren't there there are yeah in, I guess Instagram I, I having worked in the tech space before I could see the value of Instagram and how much it was blowing up and it was a very visual platform and yes like I mean even Buddhism talks a lot about being naked you know stripping yourself removing the mask sparing your soul getting out of your head you know it's all so it was a vulnerable thing to, for me to do and it is a vulnerable thing for me to do but it, I also felt it had to be something that had to be visual. And that's, yeah. you know, that, that imagery. It's a very, was, very strong image, isn't it? Well, yeah. Well, I hope so. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, and I get also, I fully get that it's not for everyone. Some people won't understand it and won't get it and might look at it and think, you know, what the hell is that guy up to? And that's fine. You know, we can't please everyone. But if I can touch some people and I can draw people in through, through imagery that strikes them, then that's, you know, it's a good start for me. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything with tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe. I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So you obviously started in tech and now you have a blog and you've got a really strong social media presence. What's your relationship like with tech personally? Is it something that's completely straightforward and you have no problems with or are there areas that you'd like to kind of think about? I think it's definitely a a management, something we've got to manage constantly because our phone is so easy to get an endorphin hit out of. An endorphin hit, not endorphin, dopamine hit that we can get from a message or a like and all that. And it gives us a quick buzz of of being purposeful with someone, someone's interested in us, but it's very short. And I think, let me give you an example. I, I went on a retreat in October with 22 people. There were no phones, no newspapers, no reading, no internet, no anything. All we had was to share with our hearts from each other. And, and day one, you know, everyone's a bit standoffish. Day two, we started to see each other a little bit. Day three, wow, that story is amazing. Day four, God, these people are really special. Day five, we're a family. And da 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 da. We really were so close. We got to see everyone's hearts for seven days. When I left that, I came back to my flat. Suddenly, I was on my own, and I immediately picked up my phone and sent some messages to people because I was craving connection, mm. and I got a response. And they just that response was just like, nah, this that just isn't itching the, the 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 sense that I just felt over those seven days where I felt so connected to people at a deep level. So I'm fully aware that phones can give you a quick hit, but it's nothing like the same the same connection you get with where you see people's hearts, you see their emotion, you see them standing and their body language. You can take them in, you can see the emotion in their face. That's entirely different from those those messages so for me it's it's managing it you know my mobile phone plays a role my mobile phone is a computer that does amazing things for me it's, it gives me access to a whole world it allows me to have presence on on, on socials that can touch multiple people in one space so it definitely has roles i have to manage my social media to make sure it inspires me it doesn't mm. i'm not playing a comparison game i, I was going to ask listed. you are you really careful about who you follow then and that's yeah. that's our job yeah you know, we've got to make sure that that what we're looking at inspires us and I think I do that quite, I'm, I'm inspired by my socials, I really am. But at the same time, I'm still aware I probably spend too much time on my on my tech, on my platforms. Um, How do we, I think, I mean, you've had that experience. Obviously, I have the experience because I take people away on retreats and I do it myself. But there are, you know, the majority of people now do not have that experience about, of being away from their phone. So how do we convince them? How do we say to them it's really worth doing? It's hard. It's really because I only know the value of it by experiencing by it. By doing it, and yeah. I didn't want to do it. Mm. And really, it was much easier not to do it. But I guess I'm I'm a bit more committed to my growth than than a lot lot of other people. So I was willing to go through that. But for the average person, particularly, well, I wouldn't say particularly the average person. You know that their phone is is part of their life. Yeah. And, um, without knowing what it can be like on the other side to get real, real deep connection. What's the draw? Because I, I, And that was my first 30 years, by, by the way. You know, the first 30 years, I didn't have deep connection with anyone. So I didn't know what the draw was. I, I'm, I don't need connection. I'm not bothered by it. I didn't, I didn't ever feel it. And I had girlfriends and it was just, it was basic. You know, they looked nice and we'd hold hands and it was kind of that. But I didn't really know them. I didn't know their heart. So it's really hard. And um, 
you know, so many of the answers to all of this kind of stuff for me lies in education. We need to educate kids at a young age that about social media, that, that this is not a healthy platform to compare yourself to other people. Try and use it to inspire yourself in areas you're genuinely interested in. We need to educate kids that our mind is a hugely powerful tool. We need to, to teach them that emotions are important. All these things, because I, when I got to the age of 30, no one had ever taught me how my mind works. No one had mm. ever told me how to use social media. No one would ever taught me why emotions are important. And I literally had not a clue. So. so is your blog and your feed aimed at boys as well as men? Do you consciously think about aiming at boys? Or, I mean, what, what's, what's your kind of target? There, there, my target is people who are conscious and who wanted to go through change. Yeah. And I guess I can speak men's language because I've been there. But it's, it's anyone who's looking to grow and to, to understand why they might want to change. Or if they've got a slight sense of emptiness why that might be and what they could do to move away from that emptiness or feel a bit more fulfilled. Because that, that really is the journey that I've been on. Mm. It's, it's, I've lived a fairly empty life that looked shiny and looked, looked good, but didn't fill me up on the inside at all. We've kind of get, got to get those messages there, as you say, before you reach that problem, haven't you? So when they're, you know, boys, got to yeah. be telling boys this, and they're all on social media, so... And no one's taught them otherwise. No. And no one's taught them... The biggest thing I had was at school was that, for me, I was taught subconsciously, no one ever... I didn't have a lesson on this, but success was fundamentally working hard at school, getting good, good grades, getting a degree, getting a job, getting a house, getting a partner, wife, kids, dog, whatever, nice house... Bingo, that's it, you smash life. That is the dream. And I think the trouble comes when so many men achieve that, and women achieve mm. it, and they think, I've got everything I ever set out to be. Why does it feel like this? I feel completely empty and unfulfilled. And it's like, well, that's what you've been told to go for. Unfortunately, society's let you down because that's not the key to success. That's not going to let you mm. feel fulfilled. It's going to tick your boxes and th- life's going to look good, but it's no guarantee that's going to make you feel good either. And I think that's where a lot of us find ourselves and why no one's teach, not teaching us that at school. I don't know. I mean, it does feed the capitalist system. So not to get into politics and everything, but it does, you know, that if we're not feeling good enough, then we will consume. Yeah. So And, and we'll consume anything, won't we? Alcohol, drugs, food, <laughs> anything that makes us feel better. Yeah, yeah, it makes us feel better in that moment. Yeah. But it doesn't, it's only in a moment. How do we feel the next day when we're sitting on our own without any of that stuff filling us up? What do we? How's the relationship with ourselves then? So the good thing about social media, because obviously I'm very keen to talk about the balanced view, is that now boys and men can find people like you. So even if they they come from a school or a home, a family environment where it is, you know, aggressively masculine, and I'm using inverted quotes <laughs> <laughs> marks here with my fingers they can find people with a different message can't they which presumably when you were younger that was impossible no to get out of the area you were in and find someone who was saying look at life in a different way yeah i was i was a product of the environment i grew in i didn't have the opportunity really to explore outside of it so that is you're you're totally right and that's where you know i like to think is is a positive social media is that you can explore you can go searching if you want to yeah um the question is 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 anyone teaching you that there are these things to explore you know, yeah. are, are you open-minded enough to think that there could be better or are you just stuck where you are knowing what you know and keep going on that space are there any hashtags that men kind of use? i'm thinking about you know with women we've got the me too hashtags and i mean there are loads of hashtags for mm. kind of campaigns for women to be able to talk about issues that have affected them have you seen similar campaigns online or similar kind of i haven't but it's a good issues. idea i should try and create one isn't it yeah um I mean, I feel like it's a, just a bit easier 
for women now to know where to go for help or mm. to know how to find a community that might be talking about issues that are relevant for them? And I kind of I'm thinking, obviously, because I do a lot of talks with boys in school. How do we, you know, and men as well, how do we point them in the direction of where they're going to find that community? I mean, for me, it's a very difficult one to answer. But for me, what I really hope can happen is there'll be more role models that they'll see. Yeah. And they'll see that actually, you know, well, he's not, he's he's emotional. He's he's able to be that. And he's still a man. Look how popular he is. He's still a great man. So, you know, maybe I can be like that. And yeah. you've, got, you've got the Royals doing, you know, Harry and William, I think, setting a brilliant precedent with that and getting footballers on TV to talk about these things and showing their vulnerability. So that's really positive. But but it's just scratching the surface at the moment because I think that's what we need. At the moment, I don't think boys are really seeing any other way. They're not knowing that there is another way. They're just seeing what they see. Mm. The more we can have ambassadors if you like or more men who, who are showing up and, and resonating with these boys in that space then the boys can grow up thinking oh you know I can be like that it's not it's not wrong yeah and they're not watching tv so however great those campaigns are and I agree they are mm. brilliant some of the things on t- you know they're, they're on social media that's where they are so that's where we've got to talk to them by yeah. YouTube, via Instagram, mm. those are the platforms that we've got to talk to. Those. Netflix documentary. I mean, it feels like yeah. there's space for for these kind of programs to to, to be aired now, doesn't there? It yeah. feels like an appetite to get men talking. Definitely. I've got three questions that I ask everybody Mm. um, so I want to ask you what is the one thing that you'd say to people listening to this podcast the message if you could just give them one message about their phone habits that you'd like them to think about what would what would your message be I think it would be that your your phone can be a really positive tool you know let's not let's not say when you throw away phones it can be a really positive tool but be conscious that your phone is Try and use it as a, as a device that can help you get more real life connection than than a, a replacement for real life connection. That's a brilliant soundbite. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it is about increasing the stuff that we know really works rather than replacing it, isn't it? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Um, and have you got a tip you haven't already shared about getting a good balance? You said you you're you know mm. kind of consciously thinking about how you use it. Obviously, you've been away on a retreat, but mm. you know there are other little things you do kind of around the house or at work where you set boundaries or are conscious about your use. Do you have an alarm clock? No, but that's something I'm really working on is removing my phone from my bedroom. At the moment, I really like to go to sleep to podcasts and wake yeah. up to podcasts. I haven't found that, that solution yet because I use my phone for that. It does go on airplane mode. That feels like a bit of a... When I was on the retreat without a phone, it was lovely sleeping without it. Mm. And it's kind of like, right, here we go. But then I quickly slipped back into that routine of, of having a podcast before bed. So to what other um, putting my phone on airplay mode is probably the best so I don't get calls at times and I, I switch it off in terms of not getting contacted because otherwise it's constantly lighting up and constantly giving you those dopamine hits. Um, um, and what about when you're kind of one-to-one with people or friends? Do you have, you know, do you have rules oh, yeah. about how you use it? And well, I just don't want my phone around and there's nothing. I, I'm speaking from experience here in, in terms of I don't want to have a conversation with someone who's more interested in their phone. Yeah. So my phone is, is, is out of the equation. In fact, I don't know where it is now, obviously. You know, it's it, it, attention It's not visible. Matter. I can tell everyone listening it's yeah. not visible. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, 
that's important, really important to me. Yeah. yeah. Actually, it was one thing I was thinking, which is kind of not these three questions. Obviously, you do a lot of public speaking like I do. Mm. I was wondering if you'd like to explain to people how it feels when you're talking to people and they've got their phones out mm. or they're filming you. I don't mind filming. I don't notice that so much. But and I, I like to give people the benefit of the doubt when they have got their phone that they might be taking notes or something. Because I know I use my phone for notes a lot. But yeah, if I know that they're just messaging someone or checking Instagram, if you can see them just scrolling, then you are just, I mean, it's an insult really, isn't it? And it's also really, I find it really off-putting because you just, you you do do that thing when you're one-to-one, you think, oh gosh, am I boring you? Am I Mm. not interesting enough? Oh, totally. Which obviously I'm not if they've got their phones out. Yeah, but I think filming can be different because they might be filming because you're really interesting. Yeah, and they want to play it back afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. But then, but you're right, so it can be off-putting if you know. It's just because for that moment you can go into your head, can't you? Mm, Suddenly yeah. you're like, oh, oh, and then it, it changes how, you, how, you, how you're sharing. But yeah, that, that, there's, I think mobile phones have the time and the place, but if you're trying to have a conversation with someone, have the conversation. Don't worry about your phone. Um, and my last question, what have you learned about yourself from your phone and tech habits? How have you seen them change over time or other things that oh, have surprised you about how you use your phone they're increasing you know i'm increasing more and more and more so there's something to be wary of because you know i sometimes you can see that i've spent seven hours of the day or of the 24 hours on my phone um do you use screen time then do you have a look mm, at your stats yeah, yeah. But I, I give myself benefit of the doubt because I actually do a lot of writing on, on my phone. Yeah. You know, so it's it's a really useful tool because a lot of the time I'm, I'm jotting, I'm actually writing, well, I write a book on my on my phone a lot of the time. So it's just becoming more and more powerful, isn't it? It's everything that, you know, there's always something new that comes in that can do something slightly easier for us. It means we don't have to go somewhere. That definitely, where, where does it stop? You know, what's going to happen next? We're not at the end of this. so mm, Only at the beginning. We're only at the beginning. Yeah. So where it goes from here, I don't know. Um, Are you happy with how you use your phone at the moment? Are you in a good place? I am. I'm not in a relationship, which, which makes life easier because I don't have anyone to... Messaging you. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> or to compete with the phone. <laughs> I don't to compete with the phone. I right, meant okay. such. You know, when I'm yeah. with friends... But if you're spending a lot, a lot of time with someone in a relationship, then you know that, that at the moment I've got twenty four seven really to myself. Yeah. And so if I'm on my phone, it's not. So you've got so no much. one saying to you, "Pay me a bit of attention." Yeah, can't yeah. put your phone down. Yeah. And I have that freedom because yeah, it's a it's a great it's a great tool for me to to keep improving my life in many yeah. ways. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's the podcast is called it's complicated because yeah. it, there's no easy answer. I mean, no. that's why I'm talking to so many different people. We're all kind of finding our way through this. You know, mm. we've only had smartphones for what, 12, 15 years. Mm. So what are the what are some of the best answers on that stuff? Can you some people say that they're they've been a bit kind of disappointed about how reliant they are on their mm. phone. Yeah. Um, and they've noticed escaping like that's a bit of a theme people escaping and behind a screen when things become a bit more difficult um and actually you know it's really relevant to what we're talking about with being authentic and vulnerable i was thinking quite recently if i'd had a smartphone when i was 14 or 15 there is no doubt in all those really difficult social situations i would have been diving into my phone Mm. because it would have been easier than meeting people talking to them you know particularly at that age where you're kind of not sure who you are so Mm. i think phones as escape mode a lot of people say that they they do that more than they'd like to be doing it is an escape isn't it 
Absolutely. And it like allows us to hide significantly. Yeah. When I, like I said, when I came back on that retreat, having had such wonderful connections with people, I went to my phone. You know, that was where I was looking for connection. And um, I was able to establish that it wasn't anywhere near as powerful mm. as the real life connections. And uh, so that was a, a really interesting wake up call for me there. Don't, it's, our phones will never, ever replace real life connection. That is the perfect place to stop, I think. Um, so thank, thanks, big thanks for chatting no, to me. Thank um, you. To follow Ben on Instagram and Twitter, it's The Naked Professor. The Naked Professor. Twitter's shorter than Naked Professor because there's not enough space. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and do subscribe to his podcast, Chart Topping Podcast, Aww. The Naked Professors, which yeah. is really excellent. Thank you very um, much. So thank you. Oh, it's lovely to chat with you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of It's Complicated. If you haven't already, please do subscribe, rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. It helps other people find us and it means you get a helpful little notification when a new episode becomes available. For more about getting a healthy balance with tech, you can follow me, Tanya Goodin, or Time to Log Off on Instagram and Twitter. And both my books, Off and Stop Staring at Screens, are available on Amazon and at all good bookshops. Finally, for more information about this and other episodes in the podcast series, visit itstimetologoff.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.